gone don't mean you got to lose your child. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 1. Notice what the book says. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Median, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. An angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and pray, God, that you'd anoint us and empower us. Uh, give us liberty, Lord, to preach as you would have us to preach. And, and uh, God, say everything that you'd have us to say uh, and do nothing, Lord, that you would not have us to do. Uh, Lord, would you somehow uh, touch my voice, uh, uh, touch my mind, uh, touch my thoughts. Uh, help me, Lord, to preach and feed your sheep and your lambs. Uh, I pray, Lord, if somebody's astray, lost and on their way to hell, I backslide indifferent cold. God, stir our hearts together. For in such a time as this, you've brought us to this place, Lord, to get what we need to get and to be what we need to be, the salt and the light. I pray, God, you'd help us, Lord, to bring glory to your name that we might worship you in spirit and in truth. For you told us in your word, the Father desireth such to worship him. Help us, Lord, to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to your name. I thank you, Lord, for answered prayer and for what you have in store. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want us to, uh, to read uh, these next two verses in chapter 3. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I pray that what we get into today, we realize how holy it is. And if there are sin in our life that we would hide our face and seek the Father. I believe this in chapter number 3. Uh, we find that in chapter 3 that God don't beat around the bush. <laughs> if the Lord would help me, I, I want to preach on this thought. God I don't beat around the bush. 
Now, somebody said, preacher, where did that thought come from? Where did that saying, that idiom come from? In medieval times, while they was out on a hunt, they would sometimes get people, hired servants, and they would beat the ground around the bush. Now, they wouldn't beat the bush, but they beat around the bush to stir up the prey, and so they could go back with some winnings for their hunt. It now means to delay. It means to try to not say what you mean to say. I'm going to say this. I want to shoot some quail today, and I want to pray that God would help us see. He speaks plain, Brother Jared. He does not beat around the bush. He does not delay. He speaks plain. He speaks to our need. I want you to notice in this chapter, it is a, and, and we notice in this chapter uh, that here is a bush uh, that is burned. The Bible says uh, uh, that the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses uh, uh, from the midst of the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. Uh, it was not an odd thing uh, uh, for a bush to burn. Uh, oftentimes, bushes would just combust uh, uh, from the heat, uh, but it was odd. It was weird. Uh, it was out of the ordinary, Brother Dale. Uh, uh, for a bush to burn and keep burning. Oh, can I say the mystery of the burning bush, what I hope, uh, what caused Moses uh, to stop in his tracks, he said, and turn around, uh, was there was a bush that was on fire but was not burnt. That's what he said in verse 3. I pray when folks come down Main Street, uh, they'll see a bush down here on fire. Uh, amen. Not just flaming for a little while. But a bush that is burning consistently where they can come holy ground so God can speak through them and to them in the burning bush. Oh, I thank God we hold the mystery of the burning bush as individuals, as a church. Notice this quickly before I get into the message by way of introduction. Moses turned aside and he he got more than he's bargained for. Moses found more than he was looking for. He found not only something to see, but he found someone to listen to. Notice the occasion of the observation. Moses is a man who now has been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He's been in Egypt getting the greatest, grandest education uh, uh, that a man could get. Uh, uh, amen. Thank God. Paid for uh, by Pharaoh. I say amen. I'm glad God sometimes uh, will use the devil's pocketbook uh, uh, to take care of his people. Amen. And uh, he's now uh, mighty in deeds and words. Uh, uh, but Moses, uh, and no doubt Moses is the same man. Uh, listen, the Bible says uh, about Moses in Hebrews eleven twenty four through 26, uh, that in verse 24, he refused uh, uh, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. He refused it. He'd rather say, hey, his affections was not to Pharaoh, uh, amen, but to potent 
rotate. Say amen. Uh, in verse 25, the uh, Bible said he's choosing rather. And so he's refusing, but now he's choosing. And so we know he's saved. Uh, had to be saved at a young age. Uh, I believe uh, uh, before he ever got weaned uh, uh, from his mama and raised in Egypt, she had laid some groundwork uh, and some seed work. Uh, these visionary, these faithful, these fired up parents uh, had done something uh, that others had not done. And so God had blessed them. And Moses was a man who refused because his affections were toward God. He chose rather than the pleasures to suffer affliction. And in verse number 26, he esteemed, thank God, the sufferings and the things he would go through as a child of God. Greater riches than all the blessing, silver and gold, down in Egypt. No doubt he is a saved man. But Moses has committed murder. He's got ahead of God. And now for 40 years he's spent on the backside of a desert. He is 80 nearly years old. Here is a man who looks like he's been put on a shelf. But notice the Bible says that he was leading. He helped in that in verse number 1. He kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Did y'all see that? He was keeping the flock. He was learning to be a shepherd. He was learning to be entrusted with his father-in-law's flock. And so we find, brother Justin, here this man is, and he's tried his best. He's been faithful, amen, in taking care of the flock. And this is the occasion that while he was there, taking care of the flock that he saw something. He saw this bush and out of this bush God began to speak. Hey, God didn't beat around the bush when he called Moses' name. Hey, I know the text says that he used his name twice. Here's why I believe. I believe God was showing Moses that hey, and I know that you chose me. I know that you refused Egypt. I know that your affections is toward your people and toward your God. Hey, he said this, Moses, what are you saying, preacher? God does not beat around the bush when it comes to his cause. Ain't you glad one day that he called your name as a sinner? Hey, he don't beat around the bush. My God knows his people's names. Oh, I'm glad he called Lazarus that day. He is dead. He has passed the help of the world. And God came to where he was and called him out. And just like Lazarus, he was dead in your trespasses and sin. But God came to where you was. Oh, thank God that he saved me one day. Hey, he does not beat around the bush when it comes to his call. You'll notice in our text, according to John 6 and 44, amen, the Bible says, Brother Jared, how that no man can come unto Father, amen, except uh, no man can come unto God except the Father drawing. He's got to be drawn. He's got to be called. It carries the idea of water that's in the well, and the water can't get out of the well, but somebody's got to drop a bucket in it and pull it out of the well. Oh, ain't you glad one day? 
day. He doesn't beat around the bush, Brother Dale, uh, but he got to calling you, and he called your name, uh, and he dealt with you and showed you your need for salvation. Well, we know Moses is saved. Why is he calling his name? Moses had committed murder, Brother Jared. He's 40 years on the backside of the desert. We don't know if he's ever, according to the Bible, we don't know if he's ever talked to God in that 40 years on the backside of the desert. We don't know if he's heard from God after he's killed that Egyptian for 40 years. And sometimes in our rebellion, our disobedience, and our backsliding, Jerry, if you get me that other mic, I'll use it. And in spite of all of that, uh, I'm going to tell you what will happen, brother. Uh, Michael, we'll get to the place. We'll think, well, God, uh, hey, God, uh, hey, you, you ain't going to use me no more. I'm too far gone. I've been a rebel. I've been a reject. I don't know where God's at. Hey, but sometimes God will just remind you that I'll still speak to you I'll still call you I'll still use you and he calls his name one more time I think because he's letting Moses know you're still on my team I got to thinking about this brother Jared I talked to brother Jared about it the other day and uh, here's what I thought brother brother Oliver uh, when, when uh, uh, Moses is out there on the back side of the desert he was benched hey he's still on the football team Somebody say amen. He still wore the uniform, <laughs> but he is already riding the bench. But if he'll get right with God, he'll get right with the head coach and start repenting and listening to the quarterback, they'll put him back in the game. Some, I'm about to have a running fit on a Sunday morning. Hey, I'm telling y'all that God still, you say, preacher, I'm in a mess. I, I failed God. Ain't you glad he still speaks to you, amen? He'll still call your name just to remind you that you're still on his team. I say, amen. And so Moses is called. You say, preacher, wait a minute now. I, I'm going to tell you. When God dealt with me that day, when he dealt with me about being saved, Brother Jared, I remember sitting back there on that back pew. I came to shut Mama up. I was tired of her bugging me. Hey, let me tell you something. You keep on bugging them children of yours. You keep on bugging them grandbabies. Where are they going to go? People say, quit. You're going to push them away. Where are they going to go? They're going to hell anyway. We want them to go to heaven. Say amen. I'm glad she wouldn't give up. I went to church to shut her up. But thank God somebody got a hold of me. Amen. I mean, I went there. I went there just to ease my mind. I went there to get mama to leave me alone. And God saved my soul. I left that church that day. I didn't get saved that day. I, I, but I could, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was on me. I, I went home. I couldn't get away with it. I get away from God. On the way home, I couldn't get away from God at home. I was gonna go to work, couldn't get away from God. I mean, I just could hey, I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that you can't get away from. If you're under conviction today, hey, it'd be a great day uh, for you to be saved. Jesus went to Calvary, He died for your sin and mine. He wants to deliver you from your Egypt. Uh, the Pharaohs and the society of this world wants to drag you to hell. But God loves you and laid down his life for you. I didn't know I was going to go to Calvary so quick, but I'm glad I'm there. I thank God he paid my dad. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, preacher, God couldn't save me. I'm going to tell you, if he saved me, I think he can save anybody. Amen. 
I believe that. Amen. He's a, I, Moses has messed up. He's fouled up. But before I forget it, don't you remember the crowd that he saved? You remember what Paul said? I was the chief of all sinners. I feel like I was in the same group that Paul's in. But the Bible says, Paul said I was the chief of all sinners. Listen, he saved Paul out of the dust. I mean, knocked him off his high horse. I say amen. That saved him out of the dust. Saved old Nicodemus in the dark. And saved that woman at the well from her depravity. She went from disgrace to grace. If he saves them out of the dust. If he saves them out of the dark. If he saves from depravity and a dark past. Hey, church, he save us, amen. Woo, I'm glad he saves us. Glory to God. He don't beat around the bush when it comes to his call to salvation. Amen. You say, preacher, I, I can get away from God. I've left church under conviction a lot of times. I'm going to tell you, you can't get away from him. If Brother Tony was here, you could ask him and Brother Tony would tell you, you can't get away from God if you go to Tenor, out of Texas. He'll go down to Texas with you. He rode the bus with him. He brought him back on one of them Mexican buses. Amen. Took him all the way to house in dark corner. Thank God got him up on Sunday morning. Told Angela, I'm going the church, brought him down the aisle, got him saved. Hey, God is on your trail. You just will throw your hands up. You just will say, I'm lost. I need to be saved. Preacher, what do I pray? I don't know what will work for you. I just know this. He's a big rock and you a mess. You need to come get broke on the rock. Let him take the messed up pieces. Amen. And put it back together and make you a new creature. You can say something like this. Amen. That old man in Luke 18, that publican that beat his chest. Amen. He wasn't worth nothing. Wouldn't even lift his head. He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. Hey, it worked for him. It might work for you. I'm just telling you, he don't mess around. He don't beat around the bush. He'll set your bush on fire, and he's setting you on fire with Holy Ghost conviction. That's the way God does. He don't beat around the bush. He'll set your bush on fire. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're in the dust of this world. I don't know if you're in a life of disgrace. I don't know if you're just living in darkness. But God that commanded the light to shine of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. Hey, you're in darkness, but he's the light. Hey, you're, you're hungry and desperate, and he's the bread that can satisfy your hunger. He's the water that can quench your thirst. That big hole on the inside is a God-sized hole. Bud Dumber, Miller Low Life, fornicating. It's not going to fill the hole. Only God can fill the hole. Oh, somebody help me say amen. I'm telling you, he does not beat around the bush when it comes to the call to salvation. I said he don't beat around the bush on his calls. He don't beat around the bush on his call to serve. Amen. Notice what he's doing here. I believe that's that second Moses. Many times people say in this book that when God says something twice, it's to get our attention and to drive it home. I say amen. Hallelujah. Maybe so. He, he don't mess around, friend, on his call to salvation. He doesn't mess around on his call to service. I wonder today, is God calling you to be a missionary? Maybe God's calling preachers out of here. Maybe God is calling you to be a toilet bowl cleaner. Hey, man, I remember when I was under conviction and God saved my soul, that preacher started having work days. He'd always had them. 
but he started having them on Sunday. And honest to God, I ain't making this up. You can ask my wife after service. You can call Mama, 287-7745-2120. You can call Ray Duncan, she can give you his number. I'm sitting on the church pew. The first time I'm saved. I done, by the way, when I got saved, I moved up a little. Amen. And I was sitting back here. I, actually, I was sitting on the second row, and I was, I was kind of hemmed in. And a pop on them's over here. I, he called for work day, Brother Cherry. I went, I'll do it. I thought everybody was going to do it. I thought everybody was excited. I didn't care if it was working on steeple. I didn't care if it was uh, clean up. We got the weeds off this old rock, started having a prayer gram over there. I didn't know what it was. I was just glad, but God was already working on me. And then I started teaching Sunday school, intermediate. And uh, we had a little cubby hole, me and Dwayne, Michelle's cousin. We taught the intermediate age. That's, I think back then was 10 to 12. And I was teaching them. And we had a little bit old room, had them metal chairs. I broke 10 chairs on the second time I got to teach. Amen, Lord help. I was excited. I was running the chairs, running laps. I didn't know you weren't supposed to act like that. I thought everybody saved was excited to be saved. I mean, I used to be wild for the devil. Why not be wild for God? Amen. The bar crowd never did say calm down. Why is it church crowd says we need to keep quiet? I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. He he said they just shout they love much because they've been forgiven much if they don't praise me and cry Hosanna the rocks is going to cry Amen. are y'all with me I, I was just excited man co committee on, on the at that time and uh, we was a missionary independent Baptist church but there was some things done oh, like a southern Baptist church and I remember uh, they had committees for everything. Had committees for everything. God helped a bunch of committees. And they had, had a committee uh, for nominating. And, uh, and uh, they said, you want to be on? I said, yeah, I'll be on the nominating committee. Well, that didn't last but one time. Because I went to everybody that wasn't faithful and said, you out of a job. I, did, I thought we were supposed to. Bible says required in the steward. Man be found faithful after I made half the people mad and told one woman, you ain't over to seniors no more. Or you don't never show up to church once a month. And that's the, that's the Sunday after the Saturday that you have bingo gambling in the fellowship hall. You're done. Well, anyway, long story short, y'all know I wouldn't ask but one time. And uh, hey, man, I was on the nominating committee. I was on the cleaning committee. I was on the baptize. We baptized outside and inside. Had a creek, and we damned. I was on that committee. I was on everything I could. Why? Because I was trying to convince God that if I taught Sunday school, that if I was on committees, that if I worked at the church, that it was enough. And He said, No, I want you to preach. God don't beat around the bush. He set my bush on fire. He said, Oh my. And He began to speak to me out of the bush that was on fire. And it started burning in my soul. And I took off. Off my shoes, realized how whole it was. And then one Sunday, folks is testifying, look like popcorn. Y'all probably don't know this, but used to, you had the popcorn on the stove. And when it popped, popped and swelled up, and that's where it was. And people was popping, and I was swelling, and God said, Preach. And I was sitting in the choir, and we'd done song. Folks was running, testifying, shouting, and I was in the choir, and I said, Lord, if you'll just make it plain. He said, Preach. And I, and I went, 
prayed a little bit. I said, Lord, if you just make it plain, I preach. And I finally surrendered, took off running, cried, begged God to choose somebody else. I gave him a name, a whole list of names that I thought was better qualified. I told him, Lord, I have not read your Bible through yet. I was in the process of reading my Bible through. I said, Lord, I'm not done. I don't know enough. I'm not, I said, do you know how wicked I was? And he said, preach. I'm telling you, church, God, don't beat around the bush. If he's calling you, you might as well surrender. Somebody say amen, amen. He don't beat around the bush. Woo! That blessed Sunday, I surrendered. What a happy day. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you what it will do. It will calm your nerves. I'm going to tell you what it will do. It will keep you home together. Amen. I've known numerous preachers that would not surrender until their family was almost split up. And then they finally surrendered. And now they're happily married with multiple kids. I say amen. God don't beat around the bush, church. I know a missionary friend of mine. We support him. Missionary friend of mine. God was telling him to sell his two or three hundred thousand dollar a year construction company and uh, go on the mission field to Brazil. He didn't even know where Brazil was. He thought it was in Europe. <laughs> Amen. I'm serious, he did. And uh, uh, he didn't know what it was. didn't know the capital. He didn't know nothing. Oh, he couldn't sleep, couldn't read. I'm going to tell you what he did. God let him fall off a scaffold buck. Landed on his back, broken three vertebrae. Doctor said, I don't know. If, if, and he was the same man, the doc was. Said, I don't know what you're supposed to do, but you better let go. He called somebody, put his construction business on sale. Hey, man, the doctor didn't even have to do surgery. He couldn't figure out what went on, and he's on the mission field still. Hey, I'm telling you, friend, God don't beat around the bush. Are y'all listening to me? If God's calling you to be saved, just let go and let God. If God's calling you to serve, just let go and let God. God don't beat around the bush when it comes to his cause. He said in verse number 3, Amen. Verse 4, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. Now listen to me. If you'll just get to that place where you'll say, here am I. God will tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God does not beat around the bush when it comes to call. God does not beat around the bush when it comes to commission. Look down in verse number 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Here's what God told him. He don't beat around the bush when it comes to commission. He'll tell you exactly what you want to do. Amen. He told him in verse number 10, here I was, I was pastoring a church, thought it was going to be all, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good, pastoring church. I mean, I'm, I'm serving you, Lord. Then he told me to go back in the military, and I got to preach to them. Saw Mormons and Muslims get saved in the reserves. Man, what a blessing that was. I got to see many people come I'd have never seen. This church backed me and supported me. Then he said, get out. I went to the prison chaplain and got to see multitudes. Got to see a crypt member, the head of the crypts in Charlotte, North Carolina, get born again. Hey, man, wept like a baby. I'm talking about wept like a baby. I went out on the yard after that. 
I mean, I went out in the yard witnessing to him. He walked around like a bodyguard. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about nothing. He, he was saved and he said, I switched armies. I said, amen. I, I'm going next week to the jail. I ain't got to go in about two months. I'm about ready to run just call up. I can't hardly wait. You know what? God never does say sit down. They street corners everywhere. Nursing homes everywhere. People at the gas station. Church, what in the world is it? We put these masks on and quit telling the gospel. He's called you to serve. Say amen. Oh man, he, he done, and he's commissioned you to do the work of God. Notice what he said in verse 10. I will send thee to Pharaoh. Moses said, I love this. He says this. Who am I? That's the question that Moses raised. He said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That's what he said in verse 11. He said unto God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I that you want to send me? Amen. Moses said, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do what you want to. But who am I? I felt that way. I, I gave him a list. I told y'all. Hey, man, some of y'all right here, you say, preacher, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can serve God. He don't mess around on his calls. He don't beat around the bush. He don't beat around his commission. If God's called you, he will enable you and empower you. Look what he told Moses. He said, I'm sending you down to Pharaoh, the world power. I want you to have some boldness about you. Moses said, who am I that, he, that I might go? But look in verse number 12. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. So Moses had a question that he raised, but God had the qualification that he would receive. <laughs> hey, he know what he said? He said, don't worry about it, Moses. I'm going to be with you. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, I told somebody one day and they surrendered to preach. They said, preacher, I don't know what I'm going to be able to preach. I've never preached before, never taught Sunday school. What do I do? I said, have you got a water jug? He said, yeah. I said, fill it up. Go down in the woods. Find you somewhere to pray. And don't get away from there until God gives you a message. He preached his first message here. It was on building a prayer altar. I say amen. Hey, God will take care of you. He's commissioning you. He's calling you. He'll give you the message to tell. He's going to tell him what he's going say. Hey listen, the qualifications he needed was that God was with him and God was going to preach him. Amen. Here's what he said in chapter 3 verse 13 through 17. He tells him the message. He said look here Moses. You can read it in verse 13. Moses said when I come to the children of Israel shall I say unto them the God of your father sent me unto you and they shall say to me what is his name? What shall I say to them? In verse number 14, I love this. In verse 14 through 15, you have an unending title. He said, tell them I am that I am sent you. I say amen. Woo! He didn't say I was, I will be. He said, just tell them I am sent you. They'll know who it is. Amen. He's got an unending title that he gave Moses. Look in verse 16 and 17. He said, they'll know this when you get done preaching to them and telling them. Look in verse 16. He said, I want you to go and gather the elders of the Israel and, and go down there and tell them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me. Just go tell them your testimony. 
testimony. Tell them that I appeared unto you, saying, I have surely visited you, and see that which is done to you in Egypt. He said, look, I'll give you an unending title, but I'll give you an unshakable testimony. Let me tell you this, brother. You cannot deny what God's done for you. You can't, you can't make me doubt, Jared, what God's done for me. I don't know what he's done, but I know what he's done for me. It's unshakable. He said, you just go down there and tell that crowd that I showed up where you was at and I've sent you. Amen. He meant an unquestionable trust. Here's what will happen. When you give your testimony, look at verse 18. And they shall hearken to thy voice and thou shalt Come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met us, met with us. Now let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice uh, to the Lord our God. Hey, he said, when you get done telling him, they're going to bank on what you said, and you can gather them to take the trip with you. And they'll back you when you go down there. I say amen. God does not beat around the bush when it comes to his calls, when it comes to his commission, when it comes to his claim. Notice this right here in verse number 12. And he says, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. God is unshakable. He, he's not beating around the bush. He's going to set on fire this message. On the bush and inside Moses, brother Jared, he's letting him see it's going to happen what I'm sending you to do. Notice what he said. His claim is a claim with promise. He said, when thou hast brought the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. It's as if God saw them out before they ever left. Hey, I'm going to tell you, God sees the end uh, from the beginning. That's like him going down there to Gideon, Brother Dale, and Gideon's scared. He, he's afraid that crowd's going to come steal the harvest again, uh, Brother Will, and, and he's hid down behind the wall at the threshing floor, and he's beaten the and, and the, and God dispatches an angel, comes to where Gideon's at, and says, thou mighty man of valor. I'll guarantee you Gideon went, where, where, where's he at? I'd like to show you, Who, where's he at? God was looking at Gideon at his potential, what he was going to be. You may say right now, oh, I can't do it. There's no possible way. Hey, God's seeing you for what you're going to be. Hey, his claim is with promise. I will help you. I will assist you. I will abide with you. I say amen. His claim is with promise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Look at uh, verse number 18. His claim is with a purpose. I've already read it to you, but let me read this part again. And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come. You see, his, your claim is going to be with a purpose when you come together. They're going to hearken to you, the elders. They're going to come with you, and you're going to go down there to Egypt. And you're going to tell that Pharaoh, 
because my claim on my people and my claim on you as my servant, amen, I'm not beating around the bush. I'm going to come to you with power. I'm going to come to you with a purpose. Amen, I'm going to come to you. Notice this purpose right here. He said we are going to go three days journey to worship me. I'm going to tell you right now, in other words, this, y'all just look up here. You can't worship God in Egypt. I'm talking about sin. You're going to have to get out of sin. Amen. You can't live a lifestyle. Amen. Two men can't be committing sodomy and thinking they're serving Jesus. Might as well preach right there. Say amen. Amen, preacher. Amen. It's against the Bible. Amen. It's against the Word of God. Amen. Oh, Lord, preach on right there, preacher. Thank you. Amen. Believe a will. Two bunch of lesbians. That's out of hell. Somebody say it. It's not an alternative flag. They, they've tried to hijack. Amen. I want to preach that message on the rainbow again. They tried to hijack God's symbol of deliverance. Say amen. I'm going to tell you right now, it's wicked. It's wrong. It ain't never been right and it ain't never going to be right. If you want to know what God thinks about it, he burnt the crowd up in Genesis and reminds us in Jude that's what he thinks about it. I say amen. Y'all might as well say amen. Amen. God's called you with a purpose. You can't worship God in sin. Living a lifestyle of adultery, shacking up, running around on your husband, fornicating, touching before marriage. Y'all might as well say amen. I ain't going to change it. I ain't going to change. I don't care if it is 2020. It's wrong to touch a woman if you ain't married to her. Quit kissing on somebody else's wife. I feel like preaching now. It's getting the atmosphere of preaching right now. Amen. Hallelujah. It's wrong. Hey, to sip, share, to sell. Somebody say amen. I don't care. I don't care if it is natural. He didn't make pot to smoke. He made it to help your hair. Say amen. Is everybody okay? Got quiet right there, didn't it? Hey, man, got quiet. My uncle called me one time. He's full of devil. Full of devil. Y'all know him. Full of devil. He called me one time. His voice changed. Demon. Serious. He said, I've come to test you. I'm going to test the hell out of you. That's what he said. Then his voice went right back to the same. I said, Clint, why did you say that? He said, say what? He said, I didn't say that. I said, man, that demon in you said it. He said, well, you need to realize that burning bush was a pot plant. I said, you full of hell itself. Somebody say amen. He said, everybody okay? That ain't no pot plant. Somebody help me. I'm telling you right now, it ain't, it ain't God's will. It ain't God's will. Hallelujah, preacher. Hey man, it ain't for you to smoke and get high on. Hey man, it might be. You said preachers got medicinal purposes. I know. Hey man, God made wheat and barley too. He didn't mean for you to make uh, Budweiser out of it. He wants you to make bread out of it. Say amen. God has gifted us a purpose and you can't worship in Egypt. It was against their religion. He said you got to go three days journey. Y'all stay with me right here. I feel like I've lost some of you. Y'all stay with me right here. Based on the third day, you're going to worship. <laughs> Y'all sit there. I'm going to have myself a running fit. Whoa! <laughs> Based on the third day, you got, Lord, have, based on the third day, Justin, you gonna worship. You can't worship today. Not day one, not day two, but day three. Woo! Ain't you glad he arose on the third day? Based on the third day, we've got victory. Hey, man, I feel like preaching. Hey, he said on the third day. 
Why is that? Amen out there. Why is that? Well, Pharaoh's going to try to get you to compromise a little bit. I tell you what, though. Y'all worship God in Egypt. Can't do it, Pharaoh. I tell you what, do. Leave your kids here. Y'all go worship. No. He said, no, that ain't going to work neither. We all going. Well, leave, you, leave your wives here. And then Pharaoh said one time, he said, don't go too far. <laughs> boy, ain't that the, boy, I remember when I got saved. Everybody thought I was too far gone to be saved. Then when I got saved, they said I was too far gone in salvation. They said, you went nuts. Amen. You've changed how you dress, how you look, how you talk, what music you listen. You've changed everything. I said, no, I ain't changed nothing. God did. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm drinking from the spout where the glory runs out. I can't drink from the same place. Amen. Hey, it, was, it was a change. Moses said, we're going. Hey, he said, okay. Just leave the cattle. Leave the stock behind. He said, no, when we go, we're going to take every hoof. We're going to take every child. Amen. Y'all say amen right there. Hey, listen, listen. I ain't for puppet shows while preaching is going on. Is everybody okay? Take a deep breath. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. Amen, preacher. I ain't for puppet shows while preaching's going on. Everybody with me? You know what young people need? Preaching. You know what children need? Preaching. I went to, I went to, I, well, I wasn't going to call it, but I guess I will, in case y'all think I wasn't bold enough, Ambassador Bible College. I went there one time, and I, I stayed as long as I could, and I couldn't stay no longer, and I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you right now, they got a lot of truth and not much spirit. I was sitting there in service one day. It was revival kicking off the semester. I said, my God, it's good around here. Hey, man, it's good preaching. Folks are shouting and praising the Lord. We get in chapel, and they say shouting ain't in the Bible. Well, I show them about a hundred different references, and that put a target on my back. Amen. They called me Pentecostal and charismatic. I said, Charisma? Sammy Allen, Charisma is grace. I got a little bit of grace. Amen. I said, hey, we are shouting as Baptists for that crowd I've thought about shouting. They wouldn't even exist when we were shouting. I'm glad Jesus got baptized by John. Y'all say it with me. The Baptist. Amen. Y'all, y'all, y'all know that's right. The Father said, I approve of what he's doing. Holy Ghost says, I'm going to light on what he's doing. Amen. I say amen. I'm an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, devil-hating, sin-preaching, heaven-bound, hammer-down, independent, fundamental, missionary, in case I ain't said it, independent Baptist. Say amen. I thank God for the Bible. If, I was, if there was anything else right, I'd go join in. But I believe we're right. Say amen. I believe this. Can't do it in sin. Can't do it in compromise. You, you cannot do it. Just going to say, well, I'm, I'll go a little ways, but I can't go too far. You got to go on that third day, brother. Got to be based on that third day. Hey, man, it's with a purpose. You going to worship. Hey, man, say, preacher, I've messed up. I've been a schemer. I've been, a, I've been messed up, preacher. You, you just don't understand. You don't know what kind of man I am. That's all right. Look at Jacob. He's crippled. Halting. He said, I'm crippled. 
but I'm a coming. <laughs> hey, he said, I'm crippled, but I'm coming. God will still call. I'm telling you, sometimes God's got to change your walk so you'll walk different the rest of your life. And people will see you've had a name change, a family change. Amen. I'm crippled, but I'm coming. Some of us may come dragging out the years of rebellion, but God still, he stays after us and loves us. I'm glad he has a purpose. He's got a claim on us. You may veer off and you may go, but you will not stay there forever. You'll get right with God. Amen. Claim with power. Amen. Claim with power. Look at verse 20. And I will stretch out my hand, smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. He said in verse 19, Moses, when you get down there, I'm sure the king of Egypt will not let you go. <laughs> not by a mighty hand. But in verse 20 he says, I'm going to stretch out my hand, I'm going to smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. Amen. And after that he will let you go. You know what he's saying? Hey, listen church, I'm going to, y'all think about this for a minute. Uh, he said, uh, Pharaoh is going to be reluctant to let you go. He's going to try to get you to compromise. He's going to try to keep one foot in Egypt and, and one foot in, in Canaan. Uh, and you can't do it. You've got to go three days journey and you've got to take everything. Every blessing that I blessed you with. Every child that I gave you. And all of your spouses don't leave nothing behind. You're getting out. When God got us out, he got us out. Somebody say amen. Amen. When God got us out, take your talents out. Take your, If you played the guitar and the honky tonk, don't hang it up for God's sake. Use it for God now. He got you all out. Say amen. Amen, preacher. My God, this, this thing's getting bigger. So you, he said with power. This world and this world system, this left-wing social humanistic propaganda machine, this communistic regime, y'all might as well say amen. I'll start naming them. Nancy, Pelosi, and all that crowd. Y'all say amen. Right there. Hey, man. You ought to say amen and go to the voting booth. Somebody help me. You don't want her to be your president, do you? Help us, amen, hallelujah, amen, thank God. Here, here's what, brother, brother Jerry, here's what I think. That whole, this humanistic secularism has been working, infiltrating the public school system since they got it away from the continental school system and got it over to the public control school system, and they've been embedding young people's mind. I went before, I just saved and uh, teaching Sunday school, and some of my people, they brought me their textbooks, my little class, and, and I went before the Rolston County School Board. Going to get them to put a disclaimer in the front of biology books that evolution was a theory and not fact. I wasn't called to preach. I didn't know why somebody else hadn't done it. Got 2,000 signatures, uh, addresses and phone numbers. We was going to get it done. And they formed a little council, teachers, parents, and a preacher over the Green River Baptist Association, in case y'all think I wouldn't name it, and his name was Billy Honeycutt, if you think I wouldn't name his name. And, and he said, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think we ought to leave it like it is. Let them teach evolution. I told him he was a wicked, compromising devil and walked out of the building. Somebody say amen. I, I'm telling you, Brother Jared, this world system has been trying to get our kids teaching this mess. I don't even want to go into with baby dolls. I mean, from a young
young age. And then when you get to higher education, God forbid, you got anybody that loves God at all in that mess. And, and brother, they're trying to, it's a systematic, it is a you talk about stemic. It's a stemic problem of, of left-wing leaning propaganda that's trying to change the mindset of our young people and the next generation. It sure blessed my heart when I found out that Noah's generation is more conservative than their daddies and granddaddies. I say hallelujah. It's about time somebody starts going right. Amen. This crowd wants to pull you back in Egypt. They want you to compromise. Are y'all listening to me? They think they got us by the neck. They've already got statues down. They've already got signs down. I don't know this. This kind of makes me wonder. There's a shortage of coins. What happened to them? If we don't make no new ones, what happened to the ones we got? Are they trying to pull it out of circulation so they can take it and God withdraws us all? I don't know what they're doing. But I do know this, Brother Jerry. This crowd thinks they got us. They think they got us under control. They don't realize, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 10 through 12, that if it wasn't for the church being here, there would be no restraining power on the devil and his system. Right now, the Holy Ghost is the restraining power, and the church is the re when the church is pulled out, all hell is going to be unleashed. It's going to be wicked and vile. They don't realize we're the saving grace. Preacher friend of mine's on an airplane. It got shaky, and a witch beside of him said, "We're going down. We're going down." He said, "Don't worry, God's going to take care of you, because He's told me what to preach tomorrow." I say, "Amen." Hey, this world is protected because of the church. Amen. They think we're nothing. They think we're nominal. They're trying, they're going to try to shut the church down. Call us racist. They'll call our Bible racist. They'll call our preaching racist. They don't like what we're preaching. But just when the wicked crowd thinks they got us and they will not let us go and worship God. You know what God said? I'm going to show my power. I'm going to flex my muscles. I'm going to do my wonders. And when I'm done with that crowd, they'll want you out of there and they'll pay for the trip. Now I don't know if y'all are going to get this right here but I, I had a running fit in my office the other day. Well Jared here's what he's saying. <laughs> this claim that it's with power is a claim with peace. He says when I get done, when I get done with Pharaoh, they're going to want you gone. Right now they're not going to hear your message. You're going to seem like a sore in their sign. But when I get done with Pharaoh, they're going to make you leave. They're going to want you out of their coast. Look what he said in verse 20 and 21. He said, after I get done with my wonders, he will let you go. Verse 20, look at verse 21. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Talking about his people. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. Oh, Lord. Did y'all see that? God have mercy. Did y'all see that? Lord, did y'all see that? 
Oh, I'm trying to remain calm today. Oh, Lord. Here's what he said, brother. Here's what he said. He said, when I get done with Pharaoh, I get done with Egypt. Hey, hey brother Jared, he's got frogs in his bed. He's got flies in his, in his burgers. <laughs> Woo! He's got fleas on his beagle dogs. He said, when I get done with him, he's going to pay you to leave there. And the Bible said that you'll go out decked. Bible said they'll have silver and gold in verse 22. They'll put on fancy raiment. I'm talking about they're decked out. Hey, and they're walking out. Hey, what I'm, I don't know if y'all got it yet. Here's what I've been running for. He said, when you take the trip, it'll be a trip that's paid for. <laughs> Woo! Hey, it's paid for at Calvary. It's paid in full will. It's paid in full Jordan. The debt's been paid. The way's been made. It's a trip that's paid for. I say hallelujah. Hey, man. Woo! I'm about to have a fit. Hey, man. He don't beat around the bush, friend. He said, I'll get done. <laughs> I'm going to set some things on fire. <laughs> Frogs in his beds, flies in his burgers, fleas on his oatmeals, on the mammals, on the urine. And when I get done, and that last one dies because they don't trust in the blood. When I get done, he said, when it's all said and done, here you go. When it's all said and done, when it's all over with, Jared, you're going to go out there decked with raiment, silver and gold. And you're going to spoil them. You're not going to go out empty. You've been slaves for 400 years since I told Abraham. 300 something actually in Egypt. Hey, you're going to be in there <laughs> and you're going to walk out and you're going to come high-stepping. I mean, you're going to be my prized possession, my jewels. Hey, church, one day, this world thinks they got us, but the trumpet's going to sound, and we, he's going to come back, and the bride's going to leave. And guess what, church? We're going to be decked in white raiment. I say hallelujah. Glory be to God. And the gold rays of the Shekinah glory is going to shine around us. Walk on golden streets. See, he don't beat around the bush. He says, look here, Moses. You want a no parking zone. You got to get up and serve me. Look here, people. We in a no parking zone. We got to get up. Got to get after it. We got to get to serving him. He don't beat around the bush, brother. <laughs> he said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm closing Let's go back where it started, verse 7. This is what he said. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction. <laughs> oh. You think God don't honestly know where you're at? Do you honestly believe, Daddy Mama? Hey, young couple, Grandma and Grandpa, do you think God don't know the affliction that we're facing right now. You think he don't understand the predicament that you find yourself in? Look what he said in verse 7. He said, I've seen the affliction of my people. Not just has he seen, but he says, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. 
Look at this right here. For I know their sorrows. You see, he don't beat around the bush when it comes to cause. Am I right? Amen. He don't beat around the bush when it comes to commission. And he don't beat around the bush when it comes to compassion. Y'all, somebody help me. He sees all that you're going through. Little little boy buried his mama. Bedroom was across the hall from daddy. He said, Daddy, I'll sleep with you tonight. I'm missing mama. And he said, Man, you just get me snuggled and snuggled. He says, Your will, son. He come in there where daddy was, lifted, daddy lifted up covers, crawled in there beside his daddy. First Peter says, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And his ears open on the prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them do evil. Can't expect to be in Egypt and know that he hears you. But he hears you. Even though you're in Egypt, you still got his team suit on. You just might be on the sidelines right now. Brother Jerry, here's what he said. That little boy said, Dad, been laying there about 30 minutes. And he went to doing this. Daddy didn't answer him, so he touched his eyes. He said, Daddy, I just want to make sure your eyes open. He said, son, what you doing? He said, I'm going to make sure your eyes open. Because I know if you're looking, I'll be all right. Hey, church, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Hey, Hebrews puts it like this. We can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. That word, that helper, helper is a combination of two words. The help is a, is a Greek word. The ER is a Greek word. And here's, they had to put it in one word because the picture painted is, as the baby cries for mama, mama meets the need of the cry. I remember, I remember we was at Kentucky at a camp meeting, and about 60 kids was out there at Bubba Milby's camp meeting, and they was all playing off in the distance. And uh, we just hadn't, uh, uh, no, we only had Austin and Jacob at that time. And, and I heard them cry amongst all the screaming and hollowing, and I dropped my plate and ran out there, and uh, one of them had fell down and hurt herself. Brother, I recognize my boy's cry. If I can do that, uh, you don't think God knows the cry of his children? Oh, man, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. He's looking at you. You're not out of a sight. Hey, he's listening to your, to your cry. He knows your sorrow. He knows what you're going through. He knows your heartaches. He knows your heartbeats. He knows the hard times you're facing. Hey, he is not going to beat around the bush when it comes to his compassion. He said, I've come because they've cried. Hey, I'm 
move compassion. This is what the word means. This is love that moves somebody into action. Oh, I'm glad God had compassion on a world that was going to hell and sent his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But now that we're saved and that we might fail God and maybe we've not murdered but we've messed up. He'll call to us again. Hey, thank God. He's moved with compassion. Amen. Bible says when he Bible said this, but Jared, cast all your care on him for he careth for you. It says when he was making creation, he saw it. He spoke it and he saw it and it was good. Church, he sees what we don't see. Psalmist said, that word is a lamp under my feet, that's where I'm at. And the light on my path, that's where I'm going. In my car at night, if I turn on my high beams on and adjust that tundra, I can see about, I see a little bit farther. I can see probably about 40, 50 feet. But God sees not just to my house, but He sees to when I see Him face to face. He's not hindered. By the darkness of this world. He knows every heartache, every, every hardship that you're going through. He sees it, and I'm telling you, he's going to work out good in your life. If you'll just surrender to his call, realize he does not beat around the bush with his commission, with his compassion. He doesn't beat around the bush. Didn't matter what you think or how you feel, I'm telling you right now, he does not beat around the bush. All he needs us to do is surrender. He he loves us. And it don't matter who says he don't loves us. He does love us, Brother Jared. He he's never hey, he's never asked us to do something that's not going to be for our good and his glory. God is working all things according to his plan, according to his purpose, even in our text. We're reminded. God don't beat around the bush. He don't delay. He don't waste time. He's not talking about stirring up some quail. He's talking about getting to the point. Here's what we need to do. We need to quit beating around the bush on answering his call. We need to quit beating around the bush on our compassion. Because the Bible says in Jude... If we'll have, have some showing compassion, making a difference. We'll make a difference in this wicked world, in this weak, beat-up world. We'll make a difference in those who've been wounded by the world. We'll make a difference, brother, if, we'll, if we won't beat around the bush with our compassion. Uh, we'll, we'll make a difference if we'll fulfill our commission. God help us not to, not to beat around the bush. So I'll stand heads bowed and eyes closed.